0: What style is that? Don't think. Speak. Speak. You are now listening to the Bishop Bronco. Bishop Bronco. You have to learn. Try, 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 try with me. It's my own secret technique. Me and Kid Sensation at home, away from home, in that Black Ben's limo with the sailor phone. I'm calling up the posse. Oh! If you went cruising back in the day, you already know what I'm talking about. Yo, thank you for t- listening to FarSideTV.com. You are locked into Side Life Radio. And as always, I am your host, Adisa the Bishop, aka the Black Dragon of the West Side, aka Zato. Ichi, AKA the South Bay Shogun, AKA the Iron Hook Assassin, 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 AKA the Black Cortez Killer. Ain't nobody triller than me, boys and girls. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip hop, MMA, And health and fitness trends. Ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with that vibranium. Like a decent bishop. That's me. That's who I is. So you can be down now or you can bow down later. Because the West Coast OGs, we stay greater. That's all we do. That's all we do. But thank you for tuning in today. If this is your first time listening, understand. This may not be the best thing, but it sure enough is the West thing, the West thing, the where, where, thing. Oh, yeah. So, yo, thank you for tuning in. I hope you're having a blessed day and I hope this blessed day turns into a more blessed week. You understand me? Do me a quick favor. If you're listening. Right now, I need you to subscribe on Mixcloud, Spotify, or iTunes. If you if you listening on Mixcloud or iTunes, leave a comment. Just say, hey man, I'm loving the show. Feeling what you're doing. Yadda yad ya. You know what I mean? It matters. Me and Mike, this helps us out. All right. So uh as you know, the squad is growing. Every couple days, more people on. Every couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? The party's getting bigger. Now I mean, so I need you to pass this on to one of your homies. Maybe you wanna pass this show. Maybe you wanna pass on Takashi's show. Maybe you wanna pass on the last one. The last show was so dope. I got such good feedback, especially from women out there. So I salute you and I thank you and I want you to know I got your back all the time. Vaughn Strickland, sick show. Wasn't she breaking so much down? Wasn't she breaking so much down? Absolutely, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month and the science that she broke down, not just about like her own path, but her psychology about jujitsu and self-defense for women off the chain. Okay, so real quick, we're gonna slide right into heartbeat props. Heartbeat props right now. Yo, listen, I have a friend, Usama Cannon. He's battling ALS right now. If you go on NPR, you can look his name up. U-S-A-M-A-C-A-N-O-N. And he runs an organization called Talif Collective. But like, it's done amazing work all, not just here in the Bay, but also in Chicago. And unfortunately, two years ago, he came down with ALS, you know? And so um, it's been my understanding that he's been uh, in the hospital and he has not been doing well. And what I'm about to say right now, I've said to him already Um a few years ago when he first came down with this, you know, if it wasn't for Usama, like a lot of my jiu-jitsu stuff wouldn't even really be happening. Talif Collective opened the door and let me teach jiu-jitsu. We had a Heroes Martial Arts Satellite School running out of Talif Collective um, many years ago. I mean, I, I, I'm not even sure what year it was. I want to say 29, 2010, maybe. And, like, if he didn't make that move, if he didn't want jujitsu jitsu in there, there's no way I'd be at Zaytuna College right now. There's no way I would have ever been teaching at the UFC gym because he opened the door for me to have a space to teach, man, and it was really beautiful. And between him and Gumby connecting, it was just fantastic. So, you know, I just want to, you know, say, you know, whether you're a religious person or not, however you get down, you can be Muslim, Christian, Jew, you know what I'm saying, whatever. For real, however you give and share and spread positivity, I need you to do that right now for Usama Cannon and his family and all of the people over at Talif Collective. Um, I also want to give heartbeat props to my coworkers at school. You know what I'm saying? Joe, Tom, Garrett, and Sylvia, you're all amazing. I appreciate you. And Ralph, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you all every day. You make my week amazing. And so I just want to shout you out. And so moving forward, West Coast Word of the Week, Dead Lokes. Popularized by Blueface out here on the West Side. Essentially, uh, when you hear the phrase Dead Lokes, like I, 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 when I see people read it, sometimes they say like Dead locks," and it's killing me. Lokes are sunglasses, man. They're sunglasses made popular by rappers like Tone Loke. Also made popular by rappers like Eazy-E, Ice Cube. Very much popular on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? They're they're sunglasses. And essentially, you know, between the blacks and the SAs, the Latinos on the street, They got the term lokes because, you know, people who was wearing them usually acted pretty crazy. So dead lokes. When you say dead lokes, I put that on my dead lokes. That's like saying my dead homies. Like I promise this is true. So if someone says something and be like, what? Is that true? Like, man, I'm trying to tell y'all on dead lokes, this is real. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's your West Coast Word of the Week, and you're welcome. Now, you know, we always got to give you a chess and life strategy, gem, jewel, no, I mean, and it's coming out of Bobby Bruce and the Bronx, The Secrets of Hip Hop Chess. Available on Amazon right now. Why don't you cop one Kindle or Hardback? Would you? Um, we're gonna go into this particular one. Now, when I'm teaching in Juvenile Hall and when I'm teaching dudes on the street and, and incarcerated girls, this is one of the most respected and most memorable aspects of what we teach. It's called the Poison Pond. In chess, there's a tactic called the poison pawn. Basically, your opponent offers you a pawn. It's free to your queen. You zoom in and take it. No harm, right? Wrong. Now that your queen is out there, she gets chased around the board, hunted, and killed. In the chase, your lack of developing your position, meaning putting other pieces out, leads to your loss. All of this could have been avoided if you had left the pawn alone and focused on a complete, Positional development. You don't have to take everything people offer you. It's simple reality. But our ego and greed create illusions that lead to our demise. For young people, the poison pawn in life might be taking drugs or consumption of alcohol or smoking cigarettes or quick money schemes like, yo, let's go see this fool's phone or robbing other youngsters on the bus and related jacking. It seems to make sense at the time, but soon after, juvenile hall or unexpected extreme retaliation quickly makes you realize how foolish it was. For adults, it can come in the corporate world as a promotion. You were doing hard work and deserved it. The huge pay raise comes in, a new title. Who doesn't want that? Now you're the VP of operations in Southeast Asia. However, will your superiors and executive board realized last month that Due to sluggish sales out there, that whole section will be laid off inside six months. Before you know it, the pink slip is sitting on your desk, and you are being escorted out of the building with your family photos and productivity awards. I've personally seen that happen twice in Silicon Valley, but I've heard of it happening at least 20 to 30 times. You have to think carefully before you jump into any easy money opportunities True story. I've seen that happen in Silicon Valley. And another guy, uh, he worked for a media company. They kept wanting to promote him. He wouldn't take it because he said he liked his position. And every place they tried to promote him got pushed out. So he's still at the company. He's still at this media company because he held his position. Don't take everything that people offer you. So the three questions you have to answer for yourself is, Name a time when someone you cared about picked up something that led to them getting into a bad place. How did this ultimately hurt them? Think about that. Name a time when someone you cared about picked up something that led them to a bad place. How did this ultimately hurt them? The second question, look at your own life and think about a time that you took something of lesser value and where that led you. Describe it. It's important you write these things down and don't just think about it. And then finally, list three things of a lesser value that you cannot afford to pick up if you want to achieve your higher goals. What can you not afford to pick up? Be on the lookout for these things creeping up in your life. Again, that comes out of my book, Bobby Bruce in the Bronx, The Secrets of Hip Hop Chess, available right now on Amazon. Buy it for yourself, buy it for somebody you love. So now we're gonna look at my favorite section The Jujitsu Haiku. All right. Mike, on this, I would, you know, let's just go with a straight harp. I'm feeling in the mood for a harp. A Haiku is a Japanese poem of three lines. It goes five syllable sentence, seven syllable sentence, five syllable sentence. As you know, I love the gentle art of Jujitsu. And each week, I do a haiku based off my training I had a fantastic day Just yesterday Training with Denny Prokopos At BJJ San Francisco It was fantastic Go to the site Check it out Come train No gi Beautiful stuff And here we go Butterfly Guard Flow Double outside Ashis ah, tight. Tearing Achilles. That's right. We tearing that Achilles off, boy. This jujitsu, you heard me? Submission grappling. Nah mean. Anyway, let's talk about this UFC man. <sighs> jiu-jitsu took some heavy L's in the fight night. I always ruin Joanna. Jurdzek's name. I hope I said that right. I feel bad. The problem is I hear it, but then I see it, and you know she's got a Polish name, and the way that they write it in English is just extreme, and I'm I feel bad. So it was uh, Jurdzek over Watterson. Watterson put up a good fight. She had great single leg activity. She got Joanna's back several times, but could not finish. I was actually surprised that she didn't. Uh, when Yurizek was standing and she had both uh, hooks in, I was surprised that she didn't just undo the hooks and pull her to the ground, that she stayed up so much. But you know what? Watterson fought great. You could see, however, that Yurizek did, she just had superior striking. And it looks like she broke her foot and kept fighting. And I just want to say again, that women in MMA is the best thing. They fight the hardest, they fight with the best strategies, and they don't give up, man. And a lot of the men could learn so much from not only just paying attention to that, but the respect level that the women give each other in the cage. Dudes be trying to show off, you know what I'm saying? Overdo the ego stuff. Man, I'm impressed by so many of the women, you know? And that was fantastic. Speaking of that, Amanda Hebas, over... Mackenzie Dern, making her octagon uh, return since having a child. Congratulations. However, Amanda's judo was on point and Dern's submissions were not as clean as she probably had hoped and she did not win. And then the upset of the night, which really brings an ugly conversation for people in jujitsu, of which I am one, and that is Cub Swanson's. Very clean and decisive win over Crone Gracie, son of the legendary Hickson Gracie, and a guy who's been training with um the Diaz brothers for a while now. You know, the simple reality is that Crone didn't have any stand-up that matched Cub Swanson. I mean, he didn't have any. I mean, he was walking into a lot of shots. To his face, his face had serious bruises. He took a lot of body shots, not just punches, but kicks. And he couldn't get a takedown. Not one that he could turn into anything. Every time he would start in the guard, Cub Swanson got out, man. Every time there was a serious clinch, Cub Swanson would shove him off and reset and just go back to pounding his face and his body. And I'm going to be honest, too. I wasn't really impressed with Cub Swanson's ability to not get hit. His face took damage too, but you know what, man? Straight salute to Cub Swanson, man. He said he felt like Dana was throwing him to the wolves to be like an easy fight and a stepping stone for Crone, And he fought with all of his heart. I don't know if it's true or not. He said that a lot of jujitsu guys wouldn't let him train or help him train out of loyalty to Crone and his father Hickson. And so I think a lot of people thought that Cub Swanson, and including Cub Swanson, thought that he was really just going to be kind of like, you know, thrown into the piranha tank of the Gracie machine. And that is not what happened. He fought with all of his heart. He fought intelligently. He never gave up. He never let Crone get a hold of him just so he could get a sub or whatever. And it was impressive, man. I hope Dana gives him uh, more respect and more more of a shot. But really, we've got to ask ourselves, what does it mean that Crone came up short? I talked with one of my really good friends, and I'm not going to mention this friend's name because they've got some weight in the space of, of MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. And he, and he, and he really he called me right after the fight was over, and we were talking. And I have to say, I thought Crone was going to have better takedowns. I don't understand why he didn't. If you are serious and you're being honest about takedowns. Waterson's ability to get single legs in her fight against Johanna was better than Crone's takedowns. They were better. That is no disrespect to Crone. I'm just telling you. In the cage, she was there. Amanda Hebas, her judo, was there. I don't know why he couldn't get the shot. Maybe he was injured. Maybe, I don't know. I can't say. All I'm saying is, that his loss is unexpected, right? But at the same time, think of the pressure that Crone has being the son of essentially the Michael Jordan of Jiu-Jitsu, man. That's what Hickson is. That's gotta be so stressful. That's like being like, John Coltrane's son and being like, I think I'll pick up the sax. Jimi Hendrix's son being like, I think I'm going to pursue guitar playing. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And he deserves props for getting in there and thugging it out. But for whatever reason, he didn't have enough. What my friend pointed out, though, really clearly, is that really... Sum up and like Crohn's Jiu Jitsu is truly beautiful and next level. That's not a discussion. What the discussion is is what's going on inside top tier Jiu Jitsu that makes it sometimes very unsuited for MMA. Hodger Gracie took some losses in the cage. Marcelo Garcia, okay, took some losses in the cage. John Jacques Machado took some losses in the cage. Andre Galvao, devastating. This guy just took Abu Dhabi, right? Just took Abu Dhabi, amazing. But what's the reality? His 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 MMA uh, stuff has not been all that impressive. And the ones that took the devastating losses, they took them to people that are not even top tier. It's not like, oh, the guy that beat Jean-Jacques Machado went on to be... Nobody remembers that guy's name. The guy that beat Marcelo Garcia, remember? The cut that Marcelo had on his forehead? That was ugly stuff. Whatever happened to that fighter? Don't even know. But here's the bigger thing about Krohn's loss. You know, Hickson has always said, like, one of the big missing things he said. He said, this is a quote from Hickson, about 50% of the techniques used in tournaments develop terrible reflexes and positions for use in a real fight. So what happened to Krone tonight? What happened? We don't know. And I'm not being critical of Krone on like a personal level. I'm saying that he's the son of Jordan. Jordan says, listen, there are all these holes in modern sport jujitsu. And then his son doesn't seem to be able in this moment to take out Cub Swanson definitively with jiu-jitsu. I don't know what it means. And I don't even say that as any remote diss. I do not know. The only thing that I can tell you is that when the Gracies first came into the cage, nobody knew what the hell was going on, so they were losing. Then they started... Everybody started learning jiu jitsu because they had to. You couldn't, you couldn't, you know, if you didn't have wrestling or judo or jiu jitsu, you just couldn't survive. And now, and you even seen it in the Watterson fight. As Watterson's kicks and punches started getting less snappy, less sharp, right? And you saw uh, Johanna like going for, for, for different subs, like the Japanese necktie. She almost finished that, right? That when the striking is equal, or rather when the jiu-jitsu is equal, striking becomes way more harder to pull off. Way more hard to pull off. And inside the jiu-jitsu world, there's going to have to be some soul searching tonight. And for a while, and there should have been, for a while. I think that the missing link in Jiu Jitsu has always been wrestling. Everyone talks about that. Stefan Zoll was just saying that two or three shows back, right? When I was in London. Two or three shows back. Listen to Stefan Zoll. Right? And you see Mackenzie Dern getting tossed. You see uh well, I have to say Waterson's takedowns was was much better than 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 Yuricek's, uh that night. But I think this issue with takedowns, jiu-jitsu guys, if we're going to continue to be devastating, we're going to have to fill that hole with real, strong, freestyle, Greco-Roman, which I think is the best style of wrestling for MMA or judo, man. It's all. That's all. What have I been up to? Not a lot, man. Just kind of chilling, working out, exercising. I wish I had more to tell you. Uh, I have been listening to Wale. Have you heard that song Routine with Rick Ross and Meek Mill? Hard. Routine. Wale. W-A-L-E. But his real dope thing that I'm feeling right now is BGM, Black Girl Magic beautiful song and a beautiful video celebrating the beauty and style of black women and girls fantastic bgm wale handling it the other thing that i like straight up Gangstar song family and loyalty with j cole i meant to talk about this the other week but you know what i couldn't really listen to it because i knew i knew guru we weren't super close but we was homies i interviewed him you can look that up and um it was hard to kinda of hear him, man. I miss I miss Gangstar. And if you don't know what Gangstar is, and it's two R's in the star, man, like if it's not for Gangstar, a lot of the jazz influence in hip hop just doesn't exist. He carried about like fifty percent of the dope hip hop that's jazz influence, right? And I'm not even talking about the Jazzmatazz series. Unbelievable. Like, when you see Jay Electronica's song, Jazzmatazz, that's a guru tribute, man, for a reason. Shout out to DJ Premier. Shout out to J. Cole for just staying dope. Um, Still reading. Rameed Sethi's uh, I Can Make You Rich, loving it. Reading slow, because my week was just crazy. And I really don't have a reason for not having finished that book. Forgive me. On the health tip, I just want to talk to people about turmeric, for inflammation and people be like, yo, I got turmeric powder and I got this and that. Listen, buy turmeric root. It's dirt cheap at almost any, any market. You can get turmeric root, take off the skin. It looks kind of like a, a about as long as your index finger. Take off the skin, dice it up. Real turmeric, it doesn't smell or taste like the Indian food or Indian powder, which I don't mind, but I don't like the flavor on everything that I eat. So I just get turmeric root, chop that up and put in it. A a, a turmeric tastes like kind of like a carrot. It doesn't taste bad, man. And so get turmeric. It helps uh, cure a lot of inflammation and stuff like that. On that note, I want to shout out Guard What's Yours at Guard What's Yours because they've been putting a lot of jujitsu clothing out that deals with you know, uh, the celebration of women. And it, again, it is domestic violence awareness month and understand that you don't have to be a woman to be a victim of domestic violence. All right. Also at prideclothing.co at prideclothing.co go check them out. I'm big fans of them. And I want you to check this sick interview out with, um, granite bay jiu-jitsu he's got a great school up in uh granite bay which is in the sacramento area and he does a lot of outreach to at-risk kids too man so check this out it's a good conversation shout out to charles gracie shout out to all my friends in the jiu-jitsu world and i appreciate you tuning in to bishop chronicles check this out right now peace to the planet earth you know what it is decent banjoko the man is loco this is the bishop chronicles and, man, you know what I'm saying? You know what we talk about, bro. We talk about chess, we talk about jiu-jitsu, and, you know, we just keep it live. And I only have the freshest people in the mix on the show, bro. And you know why? Because I can't be wasting people's time. So, I'm actually chilling with uh, my man, Ryan Rich, you know what I'm saying, from Charles Gracie, a.k.a. Granite Bay Jiu-Jitsu, man. Welcome to the Bishop Chronicles. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. So... Man, there's so much to talk about, really, right? Like, you know, I like to talk about people's journeys, like how they got involved, because that's always important to me, and, you know, learning about uh, people's trials, tribulations, and, and 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 overcomings in the sport. Um, how did you start your path on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and how did that lead you to becoming a black belt under the one and only Charles Gracie? Shout-out to Charles. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> well, um... I started with uh, Kukso 1 when I was a kid, man, and ended up getting a black belt when I was 10, which should pretty much tell you everything you need to know about uh, (laughs) Kukso 1. And uh, about uh, an eight-year break later, uh, I ended up back in uh, Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, supposedly around 2006. According to Charles, it was 2006. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, I had a really bad breakup. And that's what pushed me back into it. Right, um, chicks will drive you crazy and and promote rage and make you do crazy things like uh, jujitsu twice a day. Yes, um, and it, really, there was no, there were no lapses or you know, pop out, pop back in. It was essentially a straight shot. Yeah, until I got my black belt in 2015. Beautiful, yeah. congratulations! What? Thank you. What was the hardest belt level for you? Purple was the weirdest by far. Um, that was the longest uh, I moved to Southern California and trained um, uh, A couple different places. I trained at uh, art of jiu-jitsu for a little while. This is in um, 2012 2013 okay, and Jiva Santana um, Both awesome uh, establishments. I was uh, down there Helping a buddy out um, and started a business and that didn't work out. My father passed away mm. uh, right around the end of, or excuse me right around the beginning of 2013 mm. and I ended up moving back and and that's all she wrote. I've been uh, my my home academy is uh, Brothers Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Shout
0: which, out!
1: Yeah, which is uh, run by fourth degree uh, Mario Sarazo. Much love. Charles's first American black belt. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's that's Yoda. Freshness. Yeah.
0: So why was purple so hard? Let's talk about that because I agree. Um, I want to know what your answer is, and I'll I'll tell you what what I think mine is.
1: I think it's the most subjective. Uh, of all the belts. Um, you, especially now that I'm, I'm, I run a, I own and run an academy and have to make those kinds of decisions generally with, with input from Mario. Um, cause I'm still, I'm still learning like where, where is this person ready? Cause everybody's game is different, right? right? People are working with different bodies, different injuries. They're starting at different ages. You know, somebody getting their purple, brown, black, whatever at 50, Right. And they started, you know, last year. Mm. Well, probably not last year, for right, right, purple, right, right. right? But say they started around their forties. It's it's different than the standards for say like a twenty five year old. Totally. So purple, even now, I, I'm I, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell when somebody's ready for that. Um, the skill set is so potentially diverse. Yeah. That it that, to <clears throat> me, that was where I was I, I was completely unsure when I was in it myself. Ooh am I, am I a really bad purple belt am I, right. I, am I okay you know, right. yeah how much how much is strength or um, right. Take cardio or versus that, yeah, yeah playing into how I'm doing versus um what the expectations are for say you know like a 25 year old
0: I also felt like as a purple belt that um it is the loneliest belt because <laughs> yeah. whites and blues look at you somewhere between a god and a demon. Right? Cause they're like, oh, he's a purple belt. Like I remember being like when I when I used to train at House and at Charles's, right? Like, mm-hmm. you saw a purple belt, you were like, Oh my God, that dude is hella dangerous. And and they were. Yeah. You know, when I met Kurt Osiander, he was a purple belt. And he was hella dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um and they have all this knowledge that you don't have. But when you are the purple belt, you know, as much as everybody admires you from below, mm-hmm. They're trying to kill you because they want to be like you. You know what I mean? And so they're going to throw everything plus the kitchen sink at you when you're on the mat.
1: And sometimes <laughs> and sometimes it works. Right. Sometimes right. You have the bad day and it, it just right. you not know work mean? out. And then you're like, yeah.
0: yo. Right. And then on the flip side, browns and blacks are like, oh, he's a young gun trying to come up. Huh. And then they put the smash, and then down. They put the smash down on you, too. Right. So you're like trapped between both worlds for for a spell and i think that is why your game becomes so individualized Mm. and personalized at purple because you're getting it from all sides and you have to know what the hell you're doing or suffer dire consequences
1: absolutely that was my longest belt too yeah by far yeah Um, the others weren't weren't nearly as it was double Mm -hmm. i didn't stay at any of the other ones for more than two years Mm -hmm. so that was the far and that was also i that was when i was training like an idiot just i like you you can get away with it right when you're when you're 18 19 20 you can chug a 2 liter of mountain dew and then go train and be fine right yeah and that's then, not popping right now <laughs> no not you know um not for the
0: OG right now i can't do it you
1: ever watch big daddy with adam sandler yeah where he talks about uh, i used to be able to eat whatever i want but now i have a chocolate shake and my butt jiggles for like a week <laughs> yeah that yes so that was where the you know that it's not so much the age drop off i was like 24 20, I, 23, 23 when I got it, I think. Mm. Um, but, but you don't, you just don't, by the time I hit the end of it, you just don't recover the mm. same way. So for me, you know, I had the, um, I was like, uh, we were talking about earlier, I, I got hit by a car when I was uh, 19, mm. when I was on a bicycle because uh, I was all over the place, going to college, going to train. Going right, right. Um, and it didn't catch up with me until around then.
0: Mm. Uh, and
1: that's when, you know, I had to have uh, the meniscus surgery for the first time on my left knee. And so, for like for me, slowly, very slowly, very, very slowly, it still continues to this day. Was learning more and more about training smart and yeah, you got to
0: man, yeah, you know it's it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. Now, what what were you doing before you started your school? Like, what 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 kind of profession did you have, and 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 what made you trust that from the profession that you were in that jujitsu could be a life path for you?
1: You know, as of right now, I'm not sure how sustainable teaching full-time is for anyone mm. that doesn't outright own their academy by themselves. Okay. Yeah, there's obviously there's famous people like Galvao, etc., where they could open up a spot tomorrow. And if they're there, you know, like Boom. once a month, man, it'll be popping. But right. um, I was in tech. Uh, I did a lot of, um, uh, I did programming, mm. um, software selection and implementation for, Couple different companies. I worked as a consultant. I don't like. I don't like having a boss. That's that's really the the takeaway from my uh, my life path. I just can't stand having one. Um, I was a writer. Um, That's what I went to school for. English. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So from tech to writing to okay, I'm going to get my black belt. Okay, this guy wants privates. Oh, okay, this other guy wants privates. Oh, maybe I can find more people that want private lessons. And then eventually. Like many people in really like the fitness industry will will probably more than likely tell you, at a certain point, especially in jujitsu, you, you you can't get armbar eight hundred times a day and walk away from it. Mm-hmm. So it makes the most sense to open a place, mm-hmm. offer it on a subscription basis, mm-hmm. um, and and get paid while you sleep theoretically, right? Right. right. That's how that's how right. you. Cope. Um, But that that it, it ended up working out pretty well for me. Um, again, largely because of the area that I'm in, Mm -hmm. um, the part of California, um, you know, I'm 20 miles East of Sacramento. Um, but on the whole, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. It's just, I, I think I got, I was very fortunate and it, it ended up working out for me thus far.
0: No, that's fantastic. So, you know, let's talk about what do you now understand as an instructor that you didn't have any kind of understanding as, as a student, Mm. specifically where it comes to the art.
1: You know, from uh, it's constant growth, man. Like just today, the the Her Half Guard series dropped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, do you watch him? Yeah, you, he's, you, he's you a the, G of all Gs. Are you that it? guy, it, a, anytime I watch anything from him, uh, it reminds me of, you know when Joe Rogan went off on Mencia? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he talked about how he doesn't, there's this whole th- beautiful part of his podcast. I think it was his podcast where mm-hmm. he talks about how he went and saw Chappelle live. And mm-hmm. it's like, this guy is a genius. Mm-hmm. This guy's an absolute genius. And how he doesn't understand how another person, this other comedian, right. Can go and see that same act and go like, I'm mad that I didn't think of that. I'm going to steal it. Right. Right. So like every time I see anything from that guy or like Gordon Ryan right. or some of these other brilliant, brilliant right. tacticians that are really, really articulate. I don't know anything. Right, <laughs> like, you don't just feel anything. like. I don't do know. I even do
0: this sport? I <laughs> why, mean,
1: why am I doing this? Right, <laughs> like, right. I don't, I'm never. How am I ever going to live up to this guy right. and his and his brilliance? But that that was that's been my main takeaway as right. an instructor. Is the more I've done, I, I have a really, I have a good buddy who owns an academy in Sacramento, and and he's been teaching for a really long time. Mm. And he goes, man. You know, it's better than digging holes. Right. <laughs> it's better than digging right. holes. But if you told me like ten years ago that I was going to teach the same armbar over and over again for the next ten years, uh, <laughs> I'd yeah, have to think yeah, about yeah. it again, but yeah, it, it, I think it really depends on uh, your audience. You know, mm. I I get the most personally the most satisfaction out of working with uh, our, our kiddos. That's my yeah. That's and that, that really in martial arts, that's going to be the bread and butter of a successful academy. This is theoretically true. yeah. Um, Teaching teaching children and having that little light bulb go off, you know this, man. You worked with you worked yeah. with kids for a long time. It's there's nothing quite like that.
0: It's, it's beautiful.
1: It's not the same thing as when an adult understands it.
0: It's beautiful. It's just, yeah, you're right.
1: And even if they even if they aren't grateful for it, right, right, they could be completely standoffish or even agitated about it, mm-hmm. right. But it's it's just such a it's a great moment that you no, get to capture right. and remember. That that for me has been the. I had no idea how satisfying teaching kids would be.
0: No, teaching kids is 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 beautiful. And, and it's amazing because, you know, when you see the light click that they can defend themselves mm. or when you see the light click that like something they, they really thought
1: they could not do, they can absolutely do. That's priceless, man. Oh, absolutely. That's a priceless moment, man. One of the one of my favorite things I'll have the parents send me. I have some. I got to say, I have some cool kids, man. Mm -hmm. Some of those kids are just, they're cool. (laughs) Like, you're 10, but man, Man, you're cool. you're awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't I like you? Right. (laughs) No, totally. And I have, they'll send me, um, like, some of them are hard to read, Mm -hmm. right? You, like, don't know. You don't know how they actually feel about all this. Obviously, they might have not obvious they may have a choice in the matter or it may be mom and dad or whoever you don't you know you're not always getting you don't know and then finding out like that it's somebody that was maybe hard to read i had Mm -hmm. one recently uh mom sent me an email and said hey this is a collage from their um they're, you know i had a project where they had to put all the stuff that makes them
0: oh, and yeah.
1: and my logo is right in the
0: middle man. oh dude that, that's that's gonna bring the tear up dude. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna was, bring the tear up man. or
1: or they'll hit me or they'll uh, they'll they'll start following me on i'll see a little follow on instagram yeah. and it'll be jujitsu and then their name yeah dude. <laughs> like all right cool yeah. we're into this i love it good
0: no that's beautiful stuff yeah so give me give me some stories about Charles Gracie, man. What was it like training under him? What are some of your memories? Things maybe he taught you? Things you experienced with him?
1: I've gotten to know him more um, as a black belt uh, instructor mm-hmm. than I ever knew about him or interacted with him mm. um, all before the that prior. time. Yeah. And a big part of that is you in, in his association. You know, there's a lot of one-on-one time, and there's like, for example, this you know, mid October. Uh there's an associating association meeting and you know, we spend time together mm-hmm. and learn techniques, share techniques. Mm-hmm. Just it, it it I didn't really know him that well uh until probably twenty fifteen. Okay. That's when I started to really get to know him, right. got to know his son better. Right. Um there I mean there's there's hilarious stories about him um that he's told like at seminars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and and most of them relate to when he first came to America and his English wasn't so great. Yeah, It'd be like some silly misunderstanding. Right, right, right. And it would end with it just just end hilariously. The you know the majority of the funny jujitsu stories have been relatively recent. Uh, in my in my little clique, um, my instructor. I see him every Friday mm-hmm. at eight thirty. Sometimes slightly later because I can't seem to get there on time anymore. Right. Um. He him. Myself and one of our, you know, um, black belt instructors who's been training since the nineties, mm-hmm. good friend of mine, who's a really high level strength and conditioning coach. He also, co- he, I go see him immediately mm-hmm. afterward, mm-hmm. And they're just talking while we're drilling, right. right? Mario shows the move. They're talking while they're drilling. And some of the stories are just absurd. Like people in early jujitsu are were absolutely insane. <laughs> like, this is just, true. This just is a completely fact. Completely nuts. Like there's this, this is a fact. Like, like they the way they would mess with each other was just completely like people, like you know, we talk about did you see the Chappelle special yet? Did you see his new No,
0: one? I'm gonna watch it today. I literally just got Netflix oh, today for that.
1: It's amazing. I can't wait. And he talks about um, outrage culture. Right, right, right. Because Chappelle just not having it. And this is part of why if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, this has been in the news recently. You go on Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is like a zero or was a zero last time I looked. Right. And then the audience score is like 99. Right. I saw it. It's brilliant. The whole thing from start to, I was howling. Wow. I heard it's fantastic. It's amazing. And and he talks about outrage culture. Every story I've heard from my coach and my Mm -hmm. friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, no one would tolerate it today. <laughs> oh, man. No one would talk like, oh, it'd, like, it'd be like the only place you'd hear about it is in a courtroom because they're now Oh, man. Yeah.
0: People would be in so much jail. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. So much jail in the jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't like, how did you guys get away with that without getting arrested? Yeah. It's unbelievable. What's wrong with you people Yeah. It's
0: unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. It's so true.
1: There's, okay. So I'm, I'll tell you one. All right. Go ahead. This one's pretty funny. So they have this. They, there's this guy. I'm not gonna say his name. Don't say. I don't want to embarrass him. You weren't gonna leave him. Be. Um, but he's not. He doesn't train anymore. Right. Um, if he did, I think it was briefly. And this was in like the. This was in like the late '90s, maybe right, the right. '90s. Right. Right. And this guy's pretty gullible. Right. Okay? And everyone knows he's gullible, and so they mess with him all the time. Right. 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 Okay. And they just. They just told me this story a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't drill anymore. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna try my best without to cracking. Keep this up. going. Yes. So they decide to mess with this guy. Uh, and tell him that he is like, you know, Vince McMahon, WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you are going to be like the Vince McMahon of this, you know, wrestling organization we're going to form. Because he's really into WWE. Right. You know, it's like, still real to me. Right. Like, that, this is before everybody knew. Like, come on, man. It's fake. Have it's, a seat. It's right, fake. right, right, right. It's tough. And it's cool. It looks right. cool. But it's fake. It's not it's a still real fake. Right. So he's really into it. This was still when it was WWF. And they tell him like he like this this buddy of his really wanted to start a pro wrestling school, mm-hmm. right? And they go, "Hey, you're gonna be like the the guy for women's oil wrestling." He's, he's shaking his head right now, <laughs> as, as everybody listening should be. <laughs> and so he thinks that this is legitimate. They went through the whole thing. They got him business cards. Everyone, no. yes. Everyone knew that this was bogus except, except him. Except him? Yeah. So it was they, like
0: the Truman Show, only jujitsu. Only,
1: yeah. And so oh. they they all worked out at this place called The Gym. It's still called The Gym. It's over in, um, off of Bradshaw and Rancho Cordova. It's mm-hmm. a really beautiful gym, man. Mm-hmm. And everyone used to work there, everyone used to train there. Um, I mean, there, all kinds, we, there was that, and there was like 24 hour fitness where like people would fight each other in the jiu-jitsu oh community. Oh my God. So anyway, they, so everyone at the gym knows that this is completely <sighs> bogus and that they're just messing with him. Everyone. This guy is going, there's a, there's a, if you're ever on the 50, okay. Yeah. Going toward Sacramento or going toward El Dorado Hills, there's uh, a very large, uh, gentleman's club. Right. And it's called centerfold. You can't not see it. Right. On it's the right highway. There. It's huge. Like, gigantic. Right. Okay. So, he was going there and passing out cards to potential talent because he, like, legitimately thought he was recruiting talent for this organization. And they set him up a—this f- uh, vo- is voicemail in the, in the 90s, okay? Right. They set him up a voicemail with, you know, oh, this is so-and-so from Women's Oil Wrestling. Leave a message and we'll get back to you. Like, the whole nine yards. So— He's recruiting talent, and they finally they're they're it, we're at the apex of the whole situation, and they're they're like, hey, we've got some talent from Sac State. You're gonna wrestle her, <laughs> like he thinks he's gonna be the casting couch of this whole situation, and they got this they got this young woman from the women's softball team that was like six foot two, right? That was gonna come in and just just, just dismantle this dude. Unfortunately, before that could happen, someone dropped the ball and he's just a cartoon character, man. Right. He's like, "Oh, you guys Y'all got me. You got me." But you you, you got to think about that for a second. Think about it. like that's how much investment, bro. Not just that, but like most of us would be, like, homicidal at yeah, this point. Yeah, like, dude, I would be hella hot. I can't believe you. Why would you guys do that yeah. to me? He's just kind of like, ah, oh, shucks, you guys got me. This is the same guy where they used to move each other's cars. Right. So that it was really inconvenient. To walk. This, no Uber, right. right? It wasn't a thing. And we're this is Sacramento, man. Taxis outside of downtown are not really a thing. Right, right, right. And so somebody moved his car, like, two and a half miles down the road and walked back. The, the same thing, where he's just like oh you got two me two miles right so yeah that's that's uh that's hilarious that's one of the story i unfortunately i didn't get to be a part of that i wasn't in jujitsu yet i wasn't yeah. even done that with high is school hilarious. yet but like every story is like that oh my every God. story or it's either that or fighting in the back of a 20 hour 24 hour fitness on puzzle piece mats something like that. yeah yeah
0: yeah man no yeah. those are the day. hey. shout out to cristiano russ bender
1: <laughs> Cristiano's the, the best, man. I love that all, guy. All, all the all the Charles Gracie OGs. You know what I'm saying. You know Cristiano? Oh yeah. I love We used, to, love train that guy, we used man. to train
0: together in Daily City, dog.
1: He just he was just up for one of my instructors. He's uh, he just got his black belt uh, at our last uh, Charles seminar mm-hmm. promotion, and he came out and we, we that guy is hilarious. Shout out to Canyon. That's who that. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> that's who that was one of that's one of the gentlemen from my story just now (laughs) he he was in on that joke (laughs) oh my god him him and mario were the ones telling me that (laughs) oh my god yeah man i had no idea you knew those guys that's awesome yeah yeah that's that's that's
0: that's when i was there bro it was good times yeah really good times
1: Russ is doing well, man. Fremont, I know. Fremont just blowing I, up. Blowing dude, up, Did man. you see that? Beautiful facility. Yeah. Him and uh, Chris Jones, man. Yeah. They're killing it out there. Yeah, it's beautiful They're stuff. They're both great guys, man.
0: Beautiful stuff. Yeah, shout out to Russ, man. He's, he's a good guy. Great guy. So, you know, when you look at the state of MMA and mm. Jiu-Jitsu, what are your thoughts right now? Like, you know, is it still as important as it used to be? Where is Jiu-Jitsu not really winning. I feel like the guard, the closed guard is like almost a complete lost cause in, in, in MMA. And I, I don't understand if I don't understand the guard as mm-hmm. well, or mm-hmm. if people are just like piecemealing their jujitsu so that, that their guards not as complete in MMA. I don't understand. What What, what are your thoughts?
1: I talk a lot about this with um, Canyon. So Canyon has uh, a really, really sophisticated background mm-hmm. in kinesiology. Mm-hmm. He, used to, he worked for the 49ers, man. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. Okay. So, We've talked a lot about that because um, a lot of people in jujitsu, specifically, just kind of bow out quietly. Mm-hmm. Whether it's lack of interest, or right, I'm not right, progressing right. the way I want to, or right. whatever it is, man, I had a conflict with this person and no, can't deal with conflict. Right. I'm out. Um, one of the things we've talked a lot about is is he 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 thinks, and I agree with him from what I've seen. This is totally anecdotal, by the way. That closed guard is awful for your back long term. There are guys that get away with it, right? Like, Hodger gets away with it. Yeah. That dude has super long legs. Yeah. And he's super technical. He's and crazy it appears, strong. Yeah, it appears he trained very, very intelligently. Yeah. Especially after that Buchecha match. Yeah. Right? Like, he still got it. Um, one of my students just went to his academy a couple weeks ago, and it was really impressive. Dude, so I was in London.
0: I was trying to go. You, you I, go there? I, I couldn't make it. Like, and I was going to interview him. Yeah. And he texted my boy. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the interview, da-da-da. But then, like, timing was all bad. I'm still crying about it. It's Man,
1: I, I met Marcelo. Mm-hmm and i i've never got to meet hodger. I haven't <sighs> met him yet. So i'm i'm maybe in the next couple. Of, I want to yeah. go to London and meet that guy. But, yeah. but in terms of when you're talking about like closed guard, i think jiu-jitsu and wrestling are prerequisites to MMA. Yep. I think it, it, it you just don't you bother. You got to have them or don't or bother if you don't involved. have. Yeah. If you if you don't this, Okay. So you've you've been in jiu-jitsu a long time. Anyone yeah. that's been training for a long time has at some point encountered um booger eaters man that like are coming in off the street Uh oh i don't need to do any of that Uh we had this one guy come in one time i got these helicopter legs that's what he called them right i don't need to learn this stuff and it's like well why are you here right (laughs) right why are you dropping you just drop by to say that so i i think it's it's a prereq and that you just you there's absolutely no way to compete at even a remotely high level without it like our you know we've over the years we've had guys that have ventured into that room and i'm i'm where i'm at there's, you know, Team Alpha Male is, is right. a big presence in the area. And all those guys, all those guys grapple. all the, I mean, it's wrestling and jujitsu mm-hmm. and some striking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or, I mean, I I'm, I'm, might be downplaying the striking a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Though. Okay, if you don't know some striking defense, you're probably going to get messed up really bad. Totally bad. Okay? Yep. So, uh, in terms of, like, the, the current presence, you know, it it's an argument that people have been having for a long time about... Oh, you know, jujitsu's done or training in the geese. I don't
0: think that's ever gonna be the case, man.
1: I just I don't see it completely going away in any capacity any more than saying, oh well any any takedown other than a single leg or a double leg is useless. Right. It's just kinda it's just kind of silly and short-sighted. All the time. I'm all about
0: those upper body ties. Especially as you get older, dog. Oh, absolutely. I'm just gonna tell you right now, dude, like can I do a double leg? Without question. Not a hundred times in a day. I'm though. not doing it, dog. No. If I if I if 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 I'm double egging you, it's because I have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Chances of you get an upper body clenched and slammed, or hit get hit with the lateral drop. High high. That's a high octane possibility.
1: I. Yeah. I th- I think there are. So my takeaway is this: there are movements, right, and movement patterns in jujitsu and in wrestling and whatever, mm. man, whatever it is that you're bringing in, that might not be effective long-term <laughs> as in like uh, there's a couple different ways to, to to break that down might not be effective long-term for your health mm-hmm. <laughs> as a as a as a practitioner mm-hmm. in whatever capacity and you're that's
0: assuming you're trying to be doing this for a long time
1: well yeah it's i mean anybody can go balls to the wall and burn out in like a, i i mean i've had students that were training like two three times a day i'll, I'll always you everyone that's ever like help their professor run classes Mm -hmm. knows about this. Like guys will come in. They're like 45. The last time dude worked out was when they made him in middle school. Mm -hmm. Okay, He's coming in and then, Oh my God, this is so cool. I'm going to work. I'm going to come in two, three times a day. They're, they're done in a week. And that's just all the time. And unfortunately, like not everybody, not everybody handles that as, as like as schools, if you're a really large uh, organization, You're not going to, they're not going to deal with that. They have high turnover. They have yep. to smaller schools. Like you you can try and try and try. And, and at the end of the day, you can't bubble wrap people.
0: No, you it's just real. can't.
1: It's, it's just not going to happen anytime soon. It's real. And if you do, then they won't perform as well. Yeah. Right. Because they'll encounter somebody at like a tournament or on, you know, just a mat bully. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what am I doing? What's the point of all this? I get mm-hmm. messed up by some white belt that mm-hmm. is just super, it's just super strong. Out on yeah. Day. So it, it in like I mean we're talking about like tomorrow is is uh, Poirier and uh, yeah. Nurgameda. It's going down. I think that's how you say his name. I can't I can't pronounce. It. I love Habib man. Yeah. That guy's awesome. He's going to win. I agree. I, I don't think I don't think there's a shot that he's
0: Unless something real mayhemic pops off that you just, you know what I mean? Cuz even even there's that. always that hairbrain sure. outside of like something totally hairbrain, he's fizzing to win.
1: I I think even with hairbrain he's <laughs> yeah. probably going to win. Yeah. Um but I mean look at look at him. He's like ninety percent grappler, mm-hmm. and that's that's a liberal estimate of, mm-hmm. of how much striking he really feels like implementing. That's that dude's real. a monster, and he and I know it. I know it's sambo, but yeah. the principles, man, are, are this, it
0: still grimy. Comes
1: down to wrestling and grappling on the ground, yeah, and it's still extremely effective at a high level. What what we're seeing is people have made choices about what they're going to learn and what they're going to emphasize. And then they have to back it up with their bodies. And there's the genetic component. Said. There's the training component. There's a the recovery component. You can have, I mean, talk to anyone that's coached high level athletes, amazing athlete. The dude eats McDonald's three times a day. Yeah. So there, there's so many areas where they the the athlete can bottleneck Yep. that it, it, we don't really know. We don't really know where this, like there's, we don't really know where this train is going
0: yeah really don't tell the real i
1: i I think the fundamentals will always be the fundamentals muay thai boxing jiu-jitsu wrestling those are going to be the big four you'll occasionally see athletes that come in with less than those four or something like you know you have ronda rousey with judo yeah yeah, yeah, you'll you'll see that like look at okay okay kayla harrison right you know her right yes okay of course right kayla is a freak (laughs) kayla is a freak athlete gold medalist she doesn't. She doesn't even probably need to do half the training she does to curb stomp those other girls.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And and she probably wouldn't need to. I had a friend that said this a long time ago. BJ Penn probably could have done Taekwondo, mm. just Taekwondo, and just kind of figured some stuff out on the fly and still been a, a very high level competitor. So, I, it, it it that's we're we're starting to see the athletes like really great athletes. There there've been great athletes in MMA yeah. right over the years. Yeah. We're seeing more. And we're more. seeing more that are training smarter. Harder, f- clearer, cleaner. They have coaches like Donaher. Yeah. Right. It, it's 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 just a matter of time. We're 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 getting close to the I don't know if we're getting close to the ceiling. Right. But we're closer than we've ever been by by a huge margin. Agreed, dude. I still think Fedor is the greatest ever, but that's not, you know, whatever.
0: I think he, I think that's the case, man. Um I felt that for a long time. Um yeah. And I think it's also hard, especially, like, because people don't remember the Pride days. No. You know, so it's hard for people to understand what it meant to be fighting Fedor, what it meant to be in a 10-minute round. 10-minute round in Japan, man. You know what I'm saying? And I would say um, Minotaur was probably my second. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. When those two fought, out of control. Yeah. I think the only fight that's better than that is when Fedor fought crow Cop. Oh my say, god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the
1: craziest. Fedor versus
0: crow Cop. Man, listen, if you love MMA for real and you want to understand what people do player, you got to see Fedor
1: versus Krokop Cop and you got to see Fedor versus Minotauro, 1 and 3. Come on, man. 1 and 3. Come on, man. Number 2 they, they had that headbutt, remember? Yeah. I love uh I love that crow Cop fight. I also uh, Nogera and Bob Sapp. Yes. One of the coolest Dude. things I've ever seen. Dude. Ever. And if you want reasons to believe in jujitsu, those are the moments. <laughs> that was, that's Those like, are the moments. You don't need to watch UFC 1, man. Yeah. Just watch No Cara versus yes. Bob Zapp. That, there's a, uh, I'm going to bring him up again, man. Rogan. Yeah. yeah. Rogan in his early podcast days. Yeah. He there's this one where he talks about the Bob Sapp fight and they're really under the influence. Yeah, yeah. And he just keeps talking about he's so big. That dude was huge, dude. You got to understand, like Bob Sapp. That's a huge guy. He was like, (laughs) it's a monster, dude. He made Debo look like a midget, (laughs) dog. Yeah, he made Debo look like a midget. That guy's hand is probably the size of most people's. My lord. And. He got him, man. He got him, dude. Got him. Remember never, when he? Remember when he tried to
0: spike him on yeah, his he head? Yeah, he spiked him on his head.
1: Oh. it was crazy. <laughs> he does that double leg, yes, and then he just <laughs> picks him up. I do that to kids, man. Yes, I don't do the spike, yes, and just F Y I, but the little lift up, yes, he lifted him up like he was a little kid, dude, and he survived out of control, and he survived out of control, and he tapped him out of control. It was the craziest man. thing I've ever seen, dude. To this day, yes, I think that's the craziest fight. There was also um. Shogun and Henderson. That wasn't Pride though. What was you that? See that in? one? Shogun versus I don't Dan Henderson? That. Oh man. There's was that UFC? Yeah, two of them. There were two. Those were crazy. The first one, especially. Oh, I'm watching them. Oh, you need I'm like, watching them. We should just stop what we're doing now and watch and that because that. it's amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing fight. Word. Those man. two are crazy too.
0: Well yo, I wanna thank you for being on Bishop Chronicles. Tell people where to get at you on Instagram, the web, how how you want people to hit you up, man.
1: Sure. There's uh at Granite Bay Jiu Jitsu on Instagram and Facebook, uh gbjj.org We're uh now both a uh like a private uh, academy and mm-hmm. we also have the nonprofit Beautiful. portion, which was And tell me about your no-
0: tell me about your nonprofit well, and what inspired that, sir.
1: You <laughs> I was gonna give you I was gonna give you props either way. Yeah. Why, thank, you. thank I, you. I I started um Granite Bay Jiu Jitsu Academy, which is the official name of the nonprofit. We just it looks like we just acquired our first little piece of funding. Yay. The whole point Congratulations. Is, man. Thank you, man. That's- and what are you
0: trying to do with it? Because listen, Jiu-Jitsu philanthropy is the future. If this art is really going to survive and it's really going to elevate, not just as a sport, but if it's going to enrich humanity, we have to have jujitsu philanthropy, man. Oh, absolutely. Right. I call it fight philanthropy. I believe in it. And I believe it's how all martial arts were meant to be originally. Mm. And I believe it's the best part of any martial art that exists.
1: But continue. We're in a really wealthy area. Okay, Granite right. Bay is has a, a very high average income.
0: Right, like like Granite Bay is like the Palo Alto of like the Sac area.
1: It is absolutely. It, it, you, there was that movie. I hate to go off on a tangent. There was mm-hmm. a movie called Lady Bird mm-hmm. that everybody was talking about a while yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the rich girl in the movie is of really course, from Granite is Bay. from Granite Bay, and they say that in there. Wow. So everybody from Sacramento knows. Um, wow. Okay, rich girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Granite Bay is a wealthy area, very very wealthy area, and you know the the real reason I wanted to start this whole thing. Was to start that nonprofit eventually mm. and get it going, but you you know this man, you don't get to just say, "I formed a nonprofit." <laughs> like yeah. there's a process. It Boy, takes, it takes yeah, almost, y'all fisting and learn. It takes like six months. Yeah, you are gonna learn today if you want to. If you want to do something infuriating, mm-hmm. <laughs> try starting a nonprofit. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But anyway, once that you know, once we got through all the paperwork, then it's the next infuriating phase, which is funding. Well, nobody's gonna give you money. To train anybody for free, yeah, uh, unless they know who you are, yeah. So anyway, totally. the, the the my original goal, man, was to work with at-risk youth. I used to live in Oak Park, which is a pretty heavy at-risk youth area, yeah. Um, and so many of those kids, so many of those kids, uh, would have benefited, from a mentor, just a mentor, just a mentor, just a mentor. half of those kids, the dad is not in the picture, mm-hmm. right? And it's ridiculous. It's yep. it's it's awful. It's sad. And they need a mentor. They need someone to look up to. Yep. And the resources just aren't there. Yeah. They're just not there. Or if they if they are there, there's a wait list. Or, or it's, not, it's,
0: it's not stable. It's not it's consistent. It's not stable. Yeah.
1: And so I was like, okay, so what we offer is uh, scholarships to um, – applicable families Tight. that meet our criteria that's on our website just go to gbjj.org the nonprofit page and the kids uniforms uniform laundry mm-hmm. uniform, uniform laundry, laundry. See, there's a lot of little costs you guys don't understand about that stuff well you don't know if if a kid is at risk you don't know how often laundry gets done at home if right at all. right and so uniforms are covered laundry is covered training is 100% covered people can sponsor our kids um individually. They don't know. They right, don't, right, obviously right, right. They, they don't, don't know, know. Right. who they're sponsoring. Right. But they, you know, they want to sponsor a kid. It's, you know, here's my sponsorship dues every month. Yeah. Uh, and it's tax deductible. Uh and then we we aggressively look for funding through organizations in the area. Um and uh it, it's it's life changing, man. It's absolutely life changing for some of these kids. That's what I wanted. Man. That's what I really wanted from the get go. Dude. Cause thank you. you
0: so much for coming on this show. For, for for building up granite bay and keeping with your vision you know i i used to talk to him on the phone and stuff and you know he told me what his vision was and you know there's a lot of people that talk crazy or, or do a lot of pie in the sky but mm. you know i'm gonna be real honest dude i knew the first time i spoke to you that you meant it Oh, thank I you. i don't even know i don't even know why this i'll be real honest you guys we have never sat in the same room until right now <laughs> until today until right now you know what i'm saying but for, what, two years, maybe? At least. Right? I was, two or three years. Yeah. We've been talking, and he's been like, yo, I love what you do with HHCF. I'm trying to build something like that up here. And everybody knows, if so, if somebody's real, I always respond. I don't ignore anybody. You know what I mean? If you reach out to me, and I, I do what I can, and I always will. And that's why I'm happy to have you on the show, bro, because... um, it's beautiful to see what you do. I really believe in, in, in that the philanthropy inside jiu-jitsu is what's going to keep it going. It's not going to be UFC wins. It's not going to be this and that. It's not going to be juice bars and cool geese, bro. It's going to be the philanthropy. It's going to be enriching society. And I've said that from the day I entered into jiu-jitsu. I really understood that from the beginning. I understood how it could help your heart, how it could help your spirit, how it could help your self-esteem, your psychology. And, and, and I believe in it. So I'm grateful to you, you know, because I believe as we go on, what, what, what's going to happen is, this is my prediction, this is my prediction. Mm. In a few years, somewhere from North America, most likely, but it might be the world as the, as the sport spreads, we will have a Muhammad Ali. Mm. And when I say that, I don't mean necessarily uh, a black Muslim kid who comes up out the hood and whatever. I'm saying that there will be a uniter of many people. Through Jiu Jitsu. I believe this. They may come out of Abu Dhabi. They may come out of Africa. They may come out of uh, Sri Lanka, right, or India, but I believe this person is coming. And I believe it because this is how much I have faith in in what Jiu Jitsu does to the hearts and minds of those who, who stay sincere, man. Beautiful. So thank word. you for being on Bishop Chronicles. And where can I get at you again one more time?
1: Granite Bay Jiu Jitsu for both Facebook and Instagram or gbjj.org or just granitebayjiu-jitsu.com. We have both. word. And shout out to Charles,
0: man. Shout out to Charles. Cause you know what? Like, look at all the stuff you've made happen, man. For all these other people, you know? Not just in the Bay, but across the country and 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 across the world. So thank you, Charles. All right? Bishop Chronicles, Far Side TV. You know what it is. We out. Peace.
1: Teacher, what star is that? Whole thing.
0: Whole thing. <laughs> you are now listening. This and powerful Fish and You must learn Right, price,
1: pr try pr 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 pr